Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. Open your Bibles, if you could, to John chapter 1. I was in John 1 about a month ago. We're going back, though. So good. Um, by the way, um, good Christmas gift, my book, Your Prophetic Life Map, the reason it's a good gift right now, it's great for the beginning of the year to align yourself, to figure out, you know, who am I, where am I really going, what has God been doing in my life up to now that directs me to where I'm going in the future. A lot of scripture in here, great, uh, there's also um, an e-course you can get online at stevewitt.com, check it out. Give it somebody who's wandering and wondering and trying to figure out what 2021 is going to be like. Actually, we're all trying to figure out what 2021 is going to be like. Uh, I felt that I, it, I need to begin with a prophetic ministry, just everyone, that, that uh, I want to just declare something over you. We, I feel like we've been through some trauma on this past year. I was just looking, I saw coming over here that we're in the seventh day nationwide of record-breaking COVID cases. And I know many of you think of these, you know, this has been a scandemic. It's, you know, we have all these phrases to, there are people in genuine difficulty right now. There are people dying from it. And who knows what the numbers are. We may not ever know that, but we know this. There are real American people that are being affected by this COVID. So we want to we wanna just really bless them and pray for them even right now. But you know what? I've got some things I want to share. So let's just pray for all those. We must break this. If we have authority, Jesus had authority over the wind and the waves and the, the disciples marveled at it. He marveled at it because that they didn't do it. You know, the inference is that, oh, ye of little faith, why didn't you do this? Why were you facing the trouble and, and asking me to do it. Jesus woke up. He was sleeping through the difficulty he was in. And so I feel like we need to exercise spiritual authority over this in our region. And let's just stand if we could for a minute. Let's just pray, Lord, we, we lift up all the people that are suffering right now in hospitals and a lot of people in our church, Lord, that work in the medical community. We ask, Lord, for your hand to be upon them for protection and courage, strength, words of knowledge and wisdom to encourage patients. Lord, we speak even some of our own in our church that are, that are in the hospital right now. We declare, Lord, healing power over them. And Lord, we come against this terrible curse that's been across this country and around this world, Lord. And we, we rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus Christ, a name that is exalted above all other names. We rebuke this virus right now that it would shrivel up, go back into the place it came from in the name of Jesus. We declare it over our church. We declare it over our cities here in Ohio for this entire state, and Lord, to the realm that you've given us authority, we speak, Lord, even to this nation, Lord, that you will settle this down in record time, and we bless that right now. For everyone here, Lord, we thank you for courage and strength to come together, to gather together right now. I pray, Lord, for protection and strength to be upon everyone here, and the Lord, you will lead us through this onto the other side in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. All right, this is Advent season. Advent. I preached a message on this several years back that Advent creates adventurers. The adventure is the, the core of it is the drawing near. Drawing near in the case of something exciting that qualifies you as an adventurer. But, but what if Advent is about, which we know it is, what if it's about the drawing near of the Lord in order to transform every one of us? We take this time every year, four Sundays, three to four Sundays for Advent, four Sundays. And we speak every Sunday something related to Advent because it's a moment in our cultural history, which they've been doing arguably for 1,500 years, recognizing Advent. This is a season of drawing close to the Lord. As it says in James, I preached on a few weeks ago, draw nigh unto the Lord, he will draw nigh unto you. But it's more than just that goosebump feeling. I mean, in Middleburg, 930 service, we had a great, a great move of the Spirit this morning. It was, I don't know, I don't know what happened. I, you know, I was praying on the way to church. Apparently, a lot of other people were too. But boy, Josh Fisher, just, it just really took off. There's an amazing moment in the Lord where I actually turned to Joel, our pastor up there, and said, I don't know, maybe we should just go with this. You know, this is like really good. I did end up speaking, but, but wow, it was just God was near. Have you ever felt that where you know that you know that God is near? Now, here's something I submit to you that I've been trying to teach on for 40 years now. I hope it's sunk in somewhere. It's still trying to sink in my own heart. That the drawing near of the Lord can, can look a thousand different ways. I mean, it can feel that Sunday morning sense of like, whoa, I feel something. My spidey senses are going off. You know, I sense the presence of God. It's like these spiritual alarms that are put in spirit-born people. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ, you've got a new alarm system in you that senses evil and senses good. And actually, the Bible gives much instruction to help us to get better at sensing evil and sensing good to discern between the two. But it's easy to sense good when you gather together with people that are in faith. Something happens where you're like, God is near. What happens in that nearness? I mean, what's the, is, is it just that feeling that God is near? And so as I'm looking in scripture, I just want to speak over you that not only does that nearness bring the opportunity for fresh beginnings in your life, but it also comes filled with potential beyond your beginnings. That's why it's important to draw near to the Lord. You draw near to the Lord, something dynamically begins to shift within you because Christ came, as we're celebrating next Sunday, Christ came as the, possibly the smallest seed in the world. I mean, he was a seed. The Bible says that, the, that he was, that Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And a seed was put inside of her, a God seed that was like, and I don't understand all this myself, by no means the immaculate conception, the fact that a, a seed from heaven met with a possibly in, an earthly human egg, formed a zygote, and begin to grow. I mean, what humility of God who rules the universe to pick the smallest seed to show up in. How do you get into that kind of a uh, situation when you're God? 
And so it shows the dynamic of heaven connecting with earth, the partnership of heaven. Whether that, that egg was from heaven or that egg, I don't know, because he took human form. So that egg had to have the DNA to bring human form. But it was a human form that was perfected in the sense that there was no sin attached to it. Up until that point, everyone was born in sin. The Bible says that very clearly in several places. Because of Adam. Jesus is actually kind of nicknamed in parts of the New Testament as the second Adam. Although he was God in the flesh, he came for a very specific purpose. And so when he arrives in that seed that is recognized in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, the little manger scene and everything that we do, John, mystical John, John saw things different. I feel if there's any person of the memoirs of the disciples, which was the original name of the gospels, by the way, the memoirs of Matthew. The memoir, it's not gospels a little better. Gospel of John. The gospel of John was distinct in that John had a very special relationship with the Lord. And so when he expresses it, he doesn't go to the the manger and the magi and the shepherds and the star in the sky and all that. He jumps into this realm where he's, he must have been an artist. He speaks of it in an artistic fashion and he shifts the name of, of Jesus to the word, W-O-R-D, the word. In beginning was the word. Why? Jesus was the manifest word from heaven. When something from heaven comes down here, it's called revelation. That's why prophecy is so powerful. Prophecy is meant to be information from heaven that comes to earth even at Bethel we celebrate that one of the reasons we're called Bethel is because Bethel's the place that Jacob fell asleep not knowing that he was in a special place there's no indication that he knew that not knowing that his grandpa Abraham had been there years before not knowing that it was a sacred place in God and he falls asleep and he has this amazing dream, spiritual dream of a ladder going into heaven, angels descending, angels ascending, uh, an open portal at the top with God speaking. I mean, it was, it was a moment. It's just an amazing moment. And he wakes up in this place called Luz, this place called Luz, and he says, God was in this place and I did not know it. God was in this place, and I did, how many times has God been in a place that you didn't know he was there? I think 2020, I'm finishing out this year, still mentioning these things. 2020 is a place in time where God was in this place, and we did not know it. Some of you may know that. So John, his mystical way, begins to talk about these seeds because it turns out that when Jesus draws near, when Jesus around, it's an opportunity for fresh beginnings. Everyone say beginning. beginning. Starting over. It's kind of it's cool that it comes at the end of the year so we can assess our past year. And in American culture, we're really good at kind of creating new beginnings on January 1st. New Year's resolutions. I mean, we don't keep them, but they're fun. Around now, we're thinking about that because typically on December 31st, particularly after a year like this, you're like, I just, I just want out of 2020. I want us 2020. And so there's, there's hope. There's no reason for it. I mean, between December 31st and January 1st, nothing really happens except that a new tax year begins. So you're hoping you did everything you need to do in that last year, 
that you're not going to get this huge bill come April, you know. That's it. So we look at what is the hope in 2021. There's something in the American psyche, in our very DNA, that, that believes that this is a new beginning because the calendar flips over. It's January 1st. All right. It's going to be good. Rose Bowl parade. The big Macy's Day parade. You know, it's going to be amazing to watch all those balloons, you know. Hope they are, have good social distancing on those balloons. And, you know, you're looking at it, it's going to be hope. What is that? It's, it's, it's the hope that's in the depth of your heart. The Bible says hope deferred, which has been 2020, makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, here's what I found out with years of being me. Years of being me is that I can title this year anything I want. And whatever I title it in my head is what it's going to represent in the future. I could say it was difficult. It was a challenge. We had to shut down as a church for eight weeks. Then we came back. Not everyone came back with the opening. And then we had a few staff members, including myself, that got COVID. So we had to shut down for two weeks and then reboot again a couple months ago, you know, same week that Donald Trump got it. So I don't know what that means, but... We come back, I mean, there's people that left, staff people that we depended on that went to other places. I mean, it was like movement, movement, movement. If I look back at it, honestly, I look at it and say, I don't know what to title that. I don't know what the headline is, but challenging transition, if I wanted to even be a little positive. Difficult challenges. Not the best year. I don't know what you want to say about it, you know. But I found out that if I can look and say, wait, God was in this place. I didn't know it. He came close in December of 2020, and he is a spreader of seeds. I mean, the Bible says, Jesus uses that as an illustration saying, behold the sower. More than likely, Jesus did illustrated sermons. In other words, there could be thousands of people there. And when he said, behold the sower, he wasn't getting them to imagine it there was probably a sower of seed coming across the field. During his fields, Jesus looks over and says, oh, what a coincidence. This fits right in with my message. That's why we need to get glass in this building so we can see things happening outside. You know? He said, behold the sower. He sows, and he sows about four. They're all the same seed, but come into four different soils. We find out later on that the soil is the heart. And so the thing that determines what happens in your life is the receptor, not the giver. As the Lord sows a seed, it lands on some soil that is by the, by the wayside. I think that may be the first one. And when it came by the wayside, birds see that and quickly snatch it up. We find out the bird is the devil. In other words, seeds are going to be thrown, sown into your life throughout your life because Jesus is a seed sower. When he sows seed, when he comes near into your life, he sows a seed into your life, he has a whole new beginning in mind for you. Sometimes, though, the enemy swoops down, usually in the form of a, an in-law. <laughs> he says, oh, that's never going to happen. What makes you think that's going to happen? You drinking some juju juice or something? What, what are you, what's going on, man? That's crazy stuff. You don't talk like that. You, you don't even have a job right now. What are you talking about starting a business? You can't. You have no experience. Here's always people around you to help you and encourage you in what you want to do. I just never found them. So what, that's, that's a bird snatching that away. 
You know how many seeds have been snatched away in your life and you bought it rather than saying, getting something to scare these birds away so seeds can actually get into your spirit and bring something that's fruition. It says that some fall by the wayside, they're snatched away. Others fall among the rocks. And because there's, there's no firm soil there, when the, although it, it, it starts to sprout, when the sun comes out, it can't take it and it, it withers and dies. So sometimes people are just not ready. Their heart's not ready for it. That's why we got to keep our hearts. The Lord loves those who are of a broken and contrite heart. That kind of sounds like soil, doesn't it? Broken and contrite. You're, you're vulnerable. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm more vulnerable than you think. Yeah? They're present. In other words, they're not always out. Woohoo! Somewhere else. They're focused. They're hearing you. Turn to the person next to you, especially if it's your spouse, and say, I'm present. You're present. You're vulnerable. You're broken. You're open. You know that you are not all that. You know that you are you. (laughs) And you humble yourself, as God did, into a small seed. You humble yourself, and when you do that, it tills the soil of your heart. The Bible tells us to break open fallow ground. So this year can create fallow ground. It make you feel a little bit hard, angry, frustrated, bitter. You have an opportunity right now in these last couple weeks of December as we enter into a cultural transition into January and a a new president apparently. You know, with all these things that are coming right now, you've got a decision to make. How will I headline this segment of my life? And you can turn it into something really good and say, because of the grace of God, I'm going to speak those things which are not as though they were. You say, well, that's not being truthful. No, that's kingdom truth. God says that you can actually speak into scenarios as you hope them to be. I mean, (laughs) the whole word of blessing, in fact, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but the Lord... uh, the seed of Christ, when the seed of Christ comes into you, it's attached to the promise that was made to Abraham. And it has the blessings of Abraham. Do you remember what the blessings of Abraham are? The blessings of Abraham is like five or six of them, all very similar, but he says to Abram, he becomes Abraham, the father of our faith. He says, you shall be blessed. Your name shall be great. Your family shall be blessed. You will bless the nations. Your your name will be a blessing to the nations. And those that curse you, I will curse. Those who bless you, I will bless. In other words, your blessing extends to those that are around you. If they bless you, they're going to be blessed. So you're walking in a life of blessing. Now, what does blessing mean? We know, I've talked about this many times, but blessing in the Bible is where we get our word eulogy. You typically give a eulogy at a funeral. That's when we bless people. Oh, Bob was such a good man. You ever been to a funeral and they talk so much about a guy you think, I don't, is that Bob? Is that the guy? I don't know. Like, what a wonderful man he was. I never got to see that part of him. Well, in a sense, they're speaking sometimes those things that are kind of, are not as though they were. 
What if we insert that, though, in our daily life and we begin to bless one another as the Lord is coming near, he's touching our hearts, we begin to speak, and even our own lives, we begin to speak a blessing. Steve Witt, 2021, this isn't like just positive thinking. This is exercising the power of the Spirit when Jesus is near and saying, because I am blessed, I'm speaking something that's all tied into it in Romans together. I'm speaking a blessing over my life while I'm alive. I'm gonna speak those things that are not as though it were. I'm at peace. What does that tell you? I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm gonna get through this. What does that tell you? I'm thinking I'm not gonna get through this. I'm gonna declare some things over my life. So look at 2021 and I'll say, an opportunity for great expansion. (laughs) So that's what happened when Jesus comes near, new beginnings come, you start thinking, wait, 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 wait. This isn't a dread time where I need to be hiding in my basement. This is a time really where I need to be, even Warren Buffett knows that, where he says, "When, when when there's fear, I'm bold. It's about stocks, buying stocks. I forget the exact word he uses. When others are fearful, I become bold. When others are bold, I become fearful. He buys low. When he holds his money back, when there's a dip in the market, I mean, there's a dip in the spiritual market of America right now. And it's looking for investors who say, I'm gonna speak into this moment because the glory and presence of God is around me. Look, let me read out of John. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss this verse if I don't. I've been quoting verses all along the way. I just want you to know that. Let's see, four, one, three, eight. Okay, here we go. Bingo, here it is. All right, John 1, verse one. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning. You see two times already beginnings. Jesus was at creation in the beginning. Where Jesus goes, things begin. It doesn't matter what's happened before. You could be crippled, Jesus shows up. It's the biblical term. Jesus shows up, they're restored. Those who are carriers of Jesus, who've been near Jesus, in fact, they're accused in the New Testament of those who have been with Jesus. See, they caught the same seed that Jesus had, that that seed of Abraham, the blessing of God upon their lives, and they're exercising it like Jesus did. It says in the book of Acts, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. We are carriers of the seed of the blessing of God. And in 2021, as we move into 2021, we're in a hinge moment. You know, I preached this last year. (laughs) All through December, I talked about how we were ramping up for 2020. I said, something big is coming. Go back and listen to them. Something big's coming. It shows you the level of my prophetic understanding. (laughs) I was excited about it. Something big is coming. We want to ramp up for, we want our systems and structures of people to be ready for what's coming. Because I had a, a thought in 1998 that was a spiritual thought, so much so I wrote it down, I talked about it for many years, that 2020 was a big year. You know, and everyone said the obvious, uh, Mark Dupont referred to it last week, it's, it's a year of clarity, 2020 vision, you know. It's be a year of clarity, you're gonna see things you've never seen before. Well, that's happened. And I said, in fact, in 1998, the Lord showed me that in 2020, there'd be an invasion from China that would change the way we do church forever. I was excited about it. Because I didn't think it was like a military invasion. I just thought, 
this is the underground church? The underground church that's been growing so rapidly, over 100 million people in China love the Lord and serve in the underground church and somehow they're gonna be released, they're gonna come to the US and because of the way they've operated with organic church, ecclesia, blah, 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 it's gonna touch America and churches are gonna be set on fire. This is my thought, this is my interpretation. Don't come to me for interpretations. <laughs> it wasn't until March where I realized, this is the China invasion. It's microscopic. And it's changed the way we do church forever. But I've been holding on to that because I remember how I felt sometimes with dreams. One of the uh, lessons of interpretation on dreams is how did you feel during the dream? It's not just about the details of the dream. That's important, obviously. But how were you feeling? Were you hopeful? Were you discouraged? Were you depressed? What was going on in the dream? When, when I had this, this revelation back in 1998, I was excited. In fact, I started reading a book about Jesus in Beijing just so I could kind of get ready for this, you know. What was it gonna be like? It was like a 700-page book, you know. It was really long. And, and then I went to Scotland and met up with a prophetic woman that I, it was a weird kind of prophetic encounter. And this woman, first thing she said to me was, China, 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 China. Seven times, was that seven? Seven times. And she said, the Lord is gonna open the doors in China and out of your church, there will be springboards going over into China and back. And, you know, I saw that, I thought, well, this is great. The underground church is coming in 2020. I mean, it had all figured out. I'm having to change the headline now. I'm having to reinterpret that understanding. That when, but this I know, whatever has happened this year, God is still in control. And God is going to lead us through this thing. I really do believe there will be a day in the future we look back and say, wow, that was a hinge moment. That was a turning point. I remember in December of 2020, we were preaching about this. We had no idea what was about to happen, but God put a plow into the ground of America and in nations all over the world. It brought fear to some and it brought fearlessness to others. There's gonna be a sense with that plow going in the ground that the seed of the Lord will truly get into good soil, broken, humble, dependent upon Lord, the Lord, obedient. This is not a time to lift your head high and tell everyone what you know. <laughs> the Bible says he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud. You know what that word opposes means in the Greek? Actively battles against. I like God actively battling against you. Heads low, keep heads low. We've gone through a challenging time. We're realizing now though that this challenging time is working into a bigger plan that God has for us. And during this Advent season, we draw close to the Lord because there's an impartation that happens when you draw close to the Lord. When we come together corporately and worship, worship God. Spirit, soul, and body, worship God. When you're home alone in the car, spirit, soul, and body. I mean, people pass me on a freeway probably thinking I'm freaky. I'm in there like. <laughs> well, I have an encounter with God. God is wanting to encounter you right now in this month of December because on January 1st, something is transitioning in the hearts of spirit-filled believers in America. 
I don't know what 2021 is going to, I'm a little afraid to prophesy now about some things like I, I can give you the word. I don't have any interpretation for it, but, but I, I, do, I do know this. And I say this with, with reverence and understanding seeds are being planted right now in the hearts of people whose hearts have been plowed and broken and open. Because when the seed hits good soil, when the seed hits good soil and it's not robbed of the enemy and it's not shallow and it's not next to thorns and thistles, but when it hits good soils of believers who are broken and receiving the word of the Lord during this time, something new is about to birth out of that. It's about to birth 30, 60, 100 fold according to the word of God. Well, this week I got a confirmation. And unfortunately, this is going to be on uh, video here. Otherwise, I'd edit it out. But when I started off saying God speaks in mysterious ways, I really mean it. I mean, he's spoken to me through nature. He's spoken to me through things people have said, even things my enemies said. Enemies have said things to me I didn't even like until later on I realized it was the Lord. I'd say, oh, shoot. I'm going to have to do what my enemies wanted me to do, you know. I mean, it's so humbling. It's horrible. So there's this instruction that comes, and everywhere you are, whether it's a movie you're watching, God's speaking to you. I mean, I, there's a show I watch. I watch it a lot. You know, I, it's, it's in like over 10 seasons. You know, I watch it a lot. It literally reprograms my thinking. It's good. It's all good stuff. But dealing with people, dealing with uh, everything about life, you know, and so I'm, I'm always, I'm saying, Lord, you're, gonna, you, you're using this to kind of get me into some right thinking on some stuff. So this week, I opened my door to go into the garage. Garage door is closed, the, the overhead door. And a rabbit runs across my garage, you know, which I think, I've been living in this house 24 years. I don't think there's ever been a rabbit in our garage that whole 24 years. So my first thought, because of the way I think about things, I'm thinking, what does this mean? You know, the obvious is you've got a rabbit in your garage and you need to get rid of him. And so, you know, we, we did our best to get rid of him. And like days, he just wouldn't leave. He mysteriously would leave and then come back. I don't know how he gets in there. He waited. I think he lives in the tree by the front of our, our uh, and the garage was a preferable place. It was a, another step up in his socioeconomic world. And so every time the garage went up, he's like, all right, I'm in. And he'd shoot in. He'd hide. We got a lot of shelves and stuff, and he found a really cozy spot. Cindy found him. You know, and we had to, you know, scare him out of there, and we have a little live trap. We have and all this kind of carrots and everything else out for the bunny. But that's not the point. Like, when I first saw it, my thought was, what are you speaking to me, Lord, through this? That's how crazy you get when you're in this thing for 50 years. <laughs> everything has some kind of an understanding of the possibility that God is near and he's speaking. God doesn't speak through things like that. Really. Have you read Jeremiah? Have you read Ezekiel? Like he speaks through boiling pots in Jeremiah. He speaks through almond branches that bud. He tells Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond branch. That's very good. That's what the Lord says. When you talk about basic prophetic, the Lord's saying, what do you see? And you say, Oh, I see a platform. You see well. That's what a loving God we have, you know. Good job. What else do you see? I I see Jay. Excellent. I mean, this is what he does in Jeremiah. You get over to Ezekiel, and he tells him to lay on his side for 300. Oh, I always get this wrong. He said 290 days or 390 days. Lay on his side, and then flip over and lay on the other side for 40 days. And it represents years 
of judgment upon Israel. Well, why would God do that? I don't know. Why does he send a bunny rabbit in my garage? The reason I know it was the Lord is because after three days of struggling with this bunny rabbit, and he was on my mind constantly. I mean, I was Googling things, you know, how to get rid of bunnies in a garage, things like that. There's actually stuff out there that help you, but, and we did finally get rid of him, I think. But anyway, the next, so, you know, the, the bunny, my picture of the bunny, when I think about him, is, is he's on the run. He's like in the air, in my garage, legs stretched out, back legs out, you know, that, you know what that looks like. And uh, so Alex uh, Woodbury, who goes to our church here, she gave me a book for uh, my, my birthday or Christmas, I forget now. Birthday, yes, birthday. And it's kind of a nice book. It's like a liturgy book, and it, it's used by people that I, I like. And, and so I thought, well, that's really nice, you know. And I, I look, always look at the front cover, and then I'll flip it over, and I look at the back cover. I look at the back cover, and there's the bunny at the bottom of the back cover, stretched out exactly like he was when he ran across my garage. And the, I've never got a book with a bunny on it, I don't think, except when maybe I was five or six or something like that. So I see the bunny stretched out, and I open it up, and sure enough, it's published by Rabbit Press. That's their symbol. And so when I saw that, honestly, it kind of gave me that feeling I get when God is near. I know for all of you, you'd be like, well, that's just silly, that's stupid. Well, Hebrews believe, and I do too, there's no word in the Hebrew language for coincidence. I don't think Jesus ever said, hey, oh, that's a coincidence. Everywhere Jesus went was purposed by God, even when he went in different directions. God was already there preparing the path for him all along the way. Jesus right now is trying to, what does the bunny mean? Well, I Googled it, you know, and I Googled it and got like a thousand responses, you know. And all, you know, pagans and Chinese and all the various people, what they, they view the rabbit. But in this case, unusually so, the rabbit means basically the same thing worldwide, even in Christian symbolism over time, and is associated with Easter. We think it's all a bad thing. There's, there's, it's all mixed up, trust me. But, but the rabbit actually speaks favor and prosperity. Yeah. So I thought, well, all right, maybe we should a little place for the bunny to live in the garage. <laughs> but see, I walked away. This is a nuisance getting the bunny out of my garage. But I re-headline with that prosperity, yeah. blessing, favor. We're still getting rid of the bunny, but thank you for giving me that prophetic sign. But you're gonna have to go now. So in our lives, we begin to look around as people that are anticipating, back to John, I'm almost done here. John 1.1, 1, 1. it says, verse four, in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Literally, in the Greek uh, word there for what we say comprehend is overcome it. In other words, the darkness was not able to overcome light. Did you know that darkness cannot overcome light? I'm using some science here right now. When light goes forward, it crushes darkness immediately. You are the light of the world through Jesus Christ. And in this season, God is lighting our lights in God. He's coming near. He's blowing upon the, the pilot light of some of your hearts. And he's, he's, he's offering you new beginnings. The other thing that that new beginning offers is a new destiny. What is the destiny over your life? What is God speaking to you for 2021? Some of your decisions right now to embrace the Lord can affect that eternally. You know, a friend of mine uh, 
was seeded into by the Holy Spirit in a unique way, and I'll close with this. It's a great story. A friend of mine in Canada who's now a pastor, but he's, he's from Nigeria. I've spoken in their church probably seven, eight times, something like that. Anyway, he sent me his book recently for me to write a forward in, and I, so I need to read the book, so I read the book. And uh, uh, he's from Nigeria. He hated Jesus. He grew up in a Muslim culture. But he had a couple friends that were Jesus followers, and they were kind of seeding into his life. He debated with these friends about Jesus all the time. So he eventually becomes an imam. He's an imam in, I think, three different uh, mosques, three different mosques. Uh, in Ghana. He had moved into Ghana. And there came the opportunity where one of his Christian friends was apparently a girl who could not walk, crippled legs. She wanted to go to a large Christian meeting that they were having in the area. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of people, one of those outdoor meetings. He didn't want to go. He's a Muslim iman. He didn't want to be at a Christian meeting. That could get him in big trouble. But she insisted. She kept saying, oh, you need to take me, you need to take me. So he finally drives an hour away to take her to this meeting, shows up. This is a huge meeting. He'd never been anything like it before. He said he didn't understand anything the preacher was saying, except that he kept repeating the name, Jesus, 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 over and over again. And so the girl couldn't get in closer. She says, I want to get up closer. She wanted to be healed. I want to get up closer. And she said, you'll need to carry me because there was a rocky terrain or something like that. He said, I don't want to carry you, you know. She says, you carry me so that I can get be, be prayed for. So he picks up this girl and he starts carrying her up to the front. As he's carrying her, he hears her leg pop. And she says, put me down, put me down. She got down and her one leg was, was okay, it was better. And she goes, I think I'm getting healed. And he's very skeptical about it, you know. He says, this is witchcraft or something. And uh, she began to then kind of hobble toward where she was going to go, and he could hear the second leg pop. She was totally healed, had not been able to walk. In fact, when he took her back to her mother, her mother passed out. The power of God. So he comes home, he's like, well, he's, a, he's an imam. He, this is confusing to him. It's like, what happened in that? So he gets up in his synagogue to do his opening prayer, and the opening prayer uh, starts out with uh, Allahu Akbar and then this long line of what he says. It's what they say standard. Every time they're starting this particular prayer, he gets up and without thinking about it, he says, Jesus Christ of Nazareth in front of his, his mosque. Uh, they sought to kill him. He had to run for his life and he escaped to Canada still not believing about Jesus. He shows up in Canada, he's studying in school. One night he gets a knock on the door at three in the morning. I guess he gets up, he goes over the door, who is it? No one answers, he opens the door, no one's there. He goes back, gets in his bed. He says, this, he says, this happens in Nigeria, but it never happens in Canada. Like, who's doing this? What's it all about? And so he hears it again, knock on the door. He goes over there, opens the door. Who is this? No one answers. He closes the door, but he stands right by the door when he closes it, think, I'm gonna get them this time. They come the third time, they knock on the door. He opens the door quickly, nobody's there. And he says, who is this? And a voice speaks to him and says, if your mother and father forsake you, I will be there for you. This friend of mine says, who are you? He says, I am Jesus and I am here to help you. This is how God gets Muslims. So he's still not a follower of Jesus Christ. So then a little while later, 
uh, another week or month later, he's, he's in his bedroom sleeping and he wakes up and Jesus is standing at the foot of the bed. He says, who are you? And he replies, because it's the first time he's seen him, he says, I am Jesus. He said, what do you want from me? He said, I love you. You are the reason I came and died on the cross. Will you follow me? Follow him, is what he says in his book. What could I do? I felt dirty and unclean. I was a Muslim imam. I had hated Jesus all my life. Now he appeared to me and told me that he loved me. Jesus wiped the top of my head and he said, you are no longer dirty. I have washed you clean. There's no shame or guilt. And Jesus changed my life forever. When God speaks, you are never the same. Now here's the deal. Jesus comes really near to some people because he's going for the heart. He's planting seeds. This guy now has, I think, four or five campuses in his church around Ontario. He's a Christian pastor. God's moving in his life in a power. He's actually been here to this church and visited us. But what happened? There was the seeding of the coming near of Jesus Christ since he first had those Christian friends. He went to the, the conference. He goes back to the mosque. He retreats to Canada. Jesus is following him all along the way. And the key point is he reveals himself to him. He says, I love you. I'll be with you. Let's all stand together if we could. His light, his life is light. It shines, it reveals, it changes destinies. I want to pray for you this morning as we're in worship. The Lord spoke to me that on the first Sunday of next year, which would be the third, uh, we're actually shifting our time that Sunday. Uh, we're going back to the time we used to have. So it'd be 9, 10, and 11, but we're suspending for a period of time, the nine o'clock service to get more people collected together in Middleburg. So it'll be 10 in Middleburg, 11 out here, just so you know, and that's not till three weeks from now, the first Sunday. That first Sunday though, we're gonna do something a little bit different. We're ushering in 2023. I feel like we need to, we need to intentionally lean into 2023. If you wanna bring friends, bring them. But on that Sunday, we're gonna spend 90 minutes of worship waiting unto God, prophesying. And also we want to anoint everyone with oil that day for a new year. We want, we want to just kind of proclaim this new year in a very powerful way. We're going to put a new headline on our lives. We're going to be a destiny thing. In fact, the, the week before that, I'm going to be sharing about some of our history. And the week after, I'm going to be sharing about our vision as a church, which would be the 10th of January. So we're moving into a season right now of shift and change out of this challenging year into a new understanding of where God's going to take us. Let me just tell you the shortness of this. God's got amazing plans for Bethel Cleveland and has amazing plans for your life individually. And we're going to go together and get stronger together. So let me just bless you right now. And uh, Jay, just stay up here with me, but I'm, I'm not going to Middleburg, so I'm going to finish up here. I want to pray over you. And then if we can get some of our ministry team up here in the front, just to stand up here in the front eight or ten of you, something like that, that are normally with us. Wear your mask. Anyone who needs ministry after I pray, feel free to come up front. We've got one right now. That's good. We need eight or nine more. Coming? Okay, good. Let me pray for you. And let's, let's pray into this moment, this Advent season where the Lord is coming near. I speak, Lord, right now, even to those that are out 
in the internet watching us live or, or pre-recorded, we just speak right now the goodness of God upon us. I pray, Lord, that 2021 is going to be a pivotal year. Yes, 2020 was a challenge. But I realized that challenge was a broken, humbled heart for the seed of the Lord to be planted. And Lord, we embrace that right now. We embrace into our hearts. Everyone here, just embrace in your heart the seed of Christ. Even though you may be a believer, a follower of Jesus, look, renew and refresh that which is there, that which has been covered over. I pray, Lord, for 30, 60, 100-fold release in 2021. In the name of Jesus. In all ways, family, relationship, prosperity, health, strength, creativity, innovation. All of it, Lord. May 2021 be an explosive year for the church. I pray for our nation too, Lord, but I'm more concerned about the church. I pray, Lord, for this church and the other churches across this country that a great awakening will come. We pray for the fulfillment of prophetic words, the billion soul harvest, hundreds of thousands being swept into the kingdom of God. We stand in faith for those words, Lord God. We align our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. And if anyone's here and you do not know Jesus Christ, I got good news for you. Jesus is here. He is near. In fact, if we can get some of our staff since we don't, we are you guys on the team? Come over here in the middle so everybody can see you. And let's add a few more of our staff in here too. Uh, Apparently, we don't have enough uh, ministry team here right now. But we just, we speak right now, Lord, this, that if anyone here does not know Jesus Christ, that this is your moment right now. If you're here and you say, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus. I've heard a lot about him. I'm not sure what I think. Right now, if you will yield your heart to Jesus, you have a new beginning coming into your life that is packed full of potential. Understanding of your identity, who you are, and where you're going. And so Lord, right now, we just speak across this room. If there's anyone here, just close our eyes just for a moment. If anyone here across this room, you say, you know what, I, I want to start off the new year with Jesus Christ living in me, that I might learn of him, that I might know his ways. If that's you here today, and you've never done that, or you did that at one point, but you drifted away from the Lord. If you could just raise your hand across the room, I wanna pray for you right now before we go. Anyone across this room, just raise your hand and keep it raised. You do not know Jesus Christ, you're away from the Lord. We wanna pray for you. I don't wanna miss your hand here. Anyone have your hand raised? All right. All right, for the rest of you, I just wanna pray right now. Lord, I bless them this week with a season of knowing the nearness of you as we move toward Christmas. These next 10 to 12 days, Lord, I pray there will be a magnificent obsession with you, that they will sense the presence of God, maybe not a rabbit running in front of them, representing something in their life that's confirmed, but something, Lord God, something someone says, something they read, something they watch, something that happens to them, something that happens for them, we bless them right now. May this be a captivating season of the seed of the Lord, like Jesus coming down from heaven, to unite with our humanity and bring forth something magnificent in the presence of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great day. If you need any ministry at all, just come up, stand in front of one of these folks. They'll be glad to pray for you. They got masks on. They're courteous people. You can stand four, five, six feet in front of them if you want. They'll speak things into your life. 
Be sure to come up here if you need a word, you need, a, you need prayer for healing or finances. Just come on up. We'll bless you. The rest of you, we love you. We'll see you next Sunday. It's Christmas Sunday. Come ready. Bring a friend. And come ready to give also as we minister to those who are in our churches right now that are struggling. We want to bless them during this season. God bless you. Have a great day.